welcome to Crossing Darkness, a podcast about role-playing games ranging from games set in the world of darkness to MMORPGs like EVE Online and everything in between. We broadcast live over Twitch and are open to answering questions during the show. I'm your host, Frozen Fallout. My co-host is Motorori, who helped me create this podcast as well as the 40-person, four-table Gen Con event. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Moto Rory, uh, and we are joined today by uh, Terry from Mage the Podcast. How's it going, Terry? Uh, great. I get to talk about this convention that I'm absolutely terrified by um, and a whole bunch of other things that have decided to be on my plate at roughly the same time. So if everything works out well, this will be one of the most disastrous or productive 45-day periods of my 30s. So I'm I, I'm kind of jazzed about that. So uh, of the three things I have, of the writing assignment, of the professional exam, and of the um, the online convention, if two of those can work out, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it two thumbs up. So so fingers crossed on that one. Awesome. Well, go ahead. And, uh, let us know what what is TriatCon all about. TriatCon is born of the fact that I don't think online conventions have quite taken advantage of the fact that they are online conventions, at least the ones I have seen. Um, once you move a convention online, there are a bunch of things that you should theoretically be able to do. One, you don't care about space. Uh, when you or I go to Gen Con and we go to the OPP room, there are 12 tables or whatever it is in that room. And if they want to run a 13th game, they need to find space for it or it needs to be done through a third party in some other location. Mm -hmm. uh, if somebody last minute is like, hey, I want to run 7th C at 2 a.m., um, do you have space with the glory of discord? The answer is yeah, sure. Okay. Weirdo. I mean, GM. Um, so we are trying to take advantage of that. The, the other thing that we're trying to take advantage of is the fact that it, at a physical convention, there's a really high barrier to entry in the sense that like for me to go to Gen Con, the first game I sit down to play costs me $1,200 in terms of like, driving and food and parking and vehicle and a place to stay. The second game cost me $8 <laughs> or whatever the person is charging. So if I, if I average that over the course of a convention, I need to be real picky with what I choose to do because each session I sit down to play functionally costs me $200 or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, with an online convention, I'm perfectly comfortable spending $4 to try some person's homebrew of fall of Delta green. Why not? It's $4. Um, and if the game turns out to be really bad, like it's pretty obvious when you like walk away from the table at a, at an actual in-person convention, but online you can be like, I'm going through a tunnel. Sorry. You'll have to finish without me. I have never actually done that, but um, <laughs> the, the cost of failure is much lower online. So try it con is an attempt to figure out what people want to play. Our first step was to send out a survey to say, Hey, what games are people interested in trying? Because I don't know about you. I go to a convention. Um, the first 98% of the sessions offered um, rhyme with ungeons and agons. Uh, and the remaining 2% is basically mostly Pathfinder <laughs> and then maybe a few other things. Again, it varies certainly by convention. Mm -hmm. um, but by starting with asking people what they want and then by asking storytellers, hey, what you, could you run? Uh, Josh or, or could have a game that you're super passionate about, um, but you just don't know if people are interested or not. And if you're super into Beast the Primordial or Demon the Descent or something like that, 
and you say, hey, I'll run this. And then 15 people are like, I really want to try Demon the Descent. I can be like, hey, you want to run a Demon the Descent game? I got 15 people who are super interested in giving it a try. Do I know if that's going to work out? No, but that's why we're starting with that survey phase to figure out what are the things that people actually want to play and what are the things that people are willing to run. Um, so that was the first step. We get all those submissions in. We try and pair them up with one another. We come out with a master schedule. People get to participate or not participate and sign up as they wish. Most sessions are going to be under $8, $8 or less. Uh, four is pretty well. It, one of the things about asking people what they're willing to pay, uh, most players are like, I want it to be $4 or $2. And most storytellers are like, I want it to be $0 or $8. I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we can average this, but but who knows? So offer hopefully a lot of games with a low cost to give it a try and also to create a place where storytellers uh, can try and run games they haven't run before. Uh, 40% of our storytellers have never run an online game before. Um, they've run some sort of game, but they just haven't done it online. So it's going to be learning for everyone. But again, it's four bucks. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, that's 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 a crappy side dish at a mediocre restaurant. So I think that's um, it. But um, that's what we're starting with. We have a bunch of other panel content we're looking at. And also, we're not really focusing on actual plays or celebrity interviews or anything like that and that frees us up to really focus on trying to find games that people want to play and finding people who want to run them so yeah uh, definitely so where would we go if we wanted to uh, sign up for something like this if you're interested in seeing uh what we've got going so far try the schedule will be out starting the weekend of april 17th we are still in the tell us what you want phase um if depending on when this goes out um if it's before the 17th and you want to tell us what you're interested in, or if it's after and you still want to have some input, we'll probably do a second round. Go to tryitcon.com. There's a link at the top that says play. Uh, everything kind of gets divided into three big buckets, play, run, learn, um, to which a lot of people are like, that's not the order that happens in. I'm like, these are causally uncorrelated <laughs> with one another. And they're like, okay. So <laughs> yeah, RPG folk. Um, yeah, tryitcon.com. Awesome. Yeah. So, and, and I found uh, one thing that was interesting about it was when you submit something, um, you don't seem to get an email back or any kind of uh, real response that, that it worked, but the, but it does, you do have a, st a little blurb. That's like, if, if nothing happens, that's exactly what should happen. <laughs> like, yeah. or like you go to a blank page, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. We, we used Google forms for it. Um, and since the form is so long, when you click submit, the form shortens to say thank you at the top. So unless you scroll all the way back to the top, you're like, wait, what happened? Mm -hmm. So that is just me kind of learning the tools. The glory of an online convention is almost all the tools we're using are free or low cost. Uh, so we can spin up a Discord server for this event and have 80 people play games at the same time without much difficulty. Mm -hmm. We can use Google Forms for the submission. I use WordPress uh, for the for the website hosting. I, I wish there were a way that I could get like 15 Zoom accounts for a weekend, uh, but that like doesn't exist as a thing. I'm like, yeah, I need a lot of Zoom for 48 hours. Um, and, and again, the low cost makes it so that we can try things. Uh, we're, the platform we're using for arranging games and such is tabletop.events. Uh, which is free to the user. They just tack a little bit onto each ticket price, and that's that's how we we cover that. Um, so it's relatively low pressure. Like I've done a lot of events through Scouts BSA uh, now, uh, formerly the Boy Scouts of America, and invariably there was a moment in every large like Cub Scout event I did where, as we were handing out the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, I find out one of the kids has a deathly peanut allergy or something like that. 
So there were, there was always a moment where you're like, a child may die if I don't do this. Oh no! Uh, this is an this is an online gaming convention. It can only go so poorly. I should have had that be the banner advert. Try it, con. <laughs> it can only be so bad. <laughs> it's like, why did no one sign up? But yeah, we're trying. Uh, we're trying a bunch of things. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. Um, I plan on uh, running some games for for uh, Try It Con. Um, definitely want to participate in some some games as well. Um, so I definitely filled out some uh, forms for that. So um, yeah, my my plan is to try and um, we we have our Madison Under Siege setting mm-hmm. that we have. Um, so it's kind of like the year 2017, um, and you know. Let me pull something up here real quick, actually. Sure. Um, let's see here. So we've got our like little introduction that we kind of have, which is like, uh, welcome to Madtown, the year 2017. Known to the world as 77 square miles surrounded by reality, this city is the beacon of hope in the sea of darkness. Um, last year, the four major powers, the Guru, the Kindred, the Mages, and the Hunters created the Gahara Pack a supernatural pack that fights the darkness that sieges this world. The Avatar Storm has come and gone and uh, changing mage society and much of the umbral landscape. Uh, this allows for the Nefandi to enact a plan that almost com- uh, of almost complete control over mage society. In Madison, um, this gave rise to a rebellion that overthrew this evil le- leadership, um, but it had come at a great cost. The founder of Madison, JD, had been killed by the Nefandi. Um, and although the Nefandi leadership has been disposed of, this allows for the old rivalries within the traditions to rekindle, um, which will uh, will the delicate da- balance between the traditions that JD had created in Madison fall to the chaos. And so that's like a little, little kind of blurb that we have um, for like our mage setup that we kind of want to do. Um, and then it kind of, I have like more on our website and stuff like that that goes into it a little bit deeper on what happened with the vampires and the wraith and the mages or in the uh, the werewolves. Um, but yeah, so I plan on kind of doing a little bit of a political thing where, you know, you guys have solidified this um, Gahara pack, but now what do you do now you know you basically they've created like a shield around the city to or they're uh i believe this one is to s- decide whether they put a shield around the city or not um and to like solidify the uh the charter that they've kind of had so it's a big political thing about you know and there'll be like you know nefandi possibly you know infiltrating the group type kind of stuff um, but it's like a large group um you play all the leadership type stuff and try and make big decisions for the end of the world type thing. And at an online convention, you can give something like that a try without too much difficulty. Uh, Again, the moment you're doing something in person, there is often a person that says, do I think this game will fill? And something with like a bat crazy uh, premise, some people will be like, no, this is ridiculous, but it may find its audience and we're going to find out. And hopefully (laughs) it does. And those people that participate are going to be like, holy crap, I didn't know mage slash werewolf slash whatever could have this kind of game. And those are the kind of experiences we're, we're, we're trying to promote people to have. Yeah. yeah. Are you no, finding it, that a lot of people looking into this are already convention goers? Or are, we, are you finding people who are gamers who have never been to conventions before? Or I'm guessing probably you haven't asked that question. I have not asked that question. Um, we, we did ask... 
a bunch of questions regarding of the games you've picked, how many of them have you played before? And most people are picking games that they have never played before. Um, something like uh, a little under 75% of people say they picked one or mostly um, several or all games that they had never played before. Um, as for whether or not they are convention attendees, that I don't know. Um, most of our advertising has been through people who are already kind of wired into one or more online gaming communities, which to me means they are slightly more likely to have been to a convention. That's just a guess. Um, but I, I think... I think there's a lot more uh, cool stuff that we can do with the online convention space. And we hope to do that on the, the panel side as well. Um, I think there are a lot of panel type programs that haven't really been well done yet. Like uh, one that we could do is uh, Rory really wants to run uh, Wraith, but has never built a necropolis before. So we asked someone to say, we're going to build a necropolis as a group. And you're going to walk away from this and all six participants are going to have a, a, a plot that they can start with. We're going to build a necropolis um, Cleveland. And when you step away, you're going to have five NPCs, uh, four places of importance, three uh, plot hooks based on each of those places. And hopefully those people can then go run um, Wraith for a group, I modify it for whatever city that you want. But uh, I, that kind of small group workshop panel content, I don't think has happened a lot. You'll get things like how to get into voice acting or something like that, which is something with a really broad appeal. But I mean, I'm going to run a session on how to do story seeding for Mage, which is this weird little technique I have where I basically take the game Fiasco and use it to set up a Mage game. Um, and if people want to join for that, cool beans. If not, again, who cares? It's free on Discord. Um, and you can have sessions of varying length. If someone really wants to talk about like classic cars and RPGs for 90 minutes, sure, I'm not going to stop you. Or, or alternatively, if Josh has a pitch for, uh, I want to, here's um, 17 recommendations for vampire werewolf crossover or something like that mm -hmm. and wants it to run for 30 minutes, sure, why not? Um, so I'm kind of curious to see what happens on that end. I, I, I took your question and used it as an excuse to answer a different question. So I apologize for that, <laughs> but you'll do very well in politics one day. <laughs> uh, so uh, the question af after that uh, explanation is, it sounds like a lot of this content could be broadcast uh, kind of on Twitch. Mm -hmm. Is there any plan whatsoever at this point uh, to do any of that? Because it, it sounds like uh, that's that's not part of it so far. It is not implicitly part of it. Um, there are a lot of other conventions that do really well with the, we're going to broadcast everything. Uh, we may have a few that are recorded if the person running it wants to, but it's really hard to get the buy-in from everyone who is participating. With Q&A panels, that's pretty easy because the worst you can do is raise your hand and ask a dumb question. And now 200 people have listened to you ask a dumb question or something like that. But with some of the panel content, like, hey, we're going to do a changeling the loss section uh, section on how to, how to build a seeming or something like that. Um, and a game like that, you're talking a lot about like abuse and trauma, which can get very personal very quickly. Um, so we're, we're not really planning on streaming much. There seems to be other conventions that do that very well. And if there's an outcry for it and we decide to do try it con 2022, assuming nobody dies this time, maybe we will. But um, it's one of those things where our goal is to make sure that our management and us running the event goes as smoothly as we think we can make it go. Um, I, I am the kind of person that is okay throwing a party if nobody comes. 
assuming that all the food was good, I cleaned my house and I sent out invites in a timely manner. It is on the guests for not coming to my kick-ass party. It is not as much necessarily a reflection of me. Um, so our goal this time is to make sure, do we know how to run an online convention? Let's walk before we try and run. Uh, so so not much streaming yet. Although if if one, one of the games wants to be like, hey, we want to send this on the out over the uh, Golden Age Stories Twitch channel, as long as it's in the description being like, this is going to be a streamed game or this is going to be recorded, I would have no problem with that. Oh, good yeah. to know. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, so that actually brings up an interesting question from my perspective. So because it's an online convention, theoretically the framework of people thinking, hey, I want to try running this game or people thinking, hey, I want to try playing this game. Mm-hmm could theoretically be a continuous framework that exists at all times. Have you perhaps thought about building a website that like creates that where it's like, Hey, I want to, I want to try running this game. I'm free on this day from this time to this time. And people can come and sign up at any time. There are other utilities that kind of do that. Um, start playing dot games, I believe is one where you can just put games that you are going to run out into the world and people can sign up for it as they wish. And as the person running it, you get to pick a time and you give them a little blurb. Um, let me double check that domain. Start play. Yeah. Start playing dot games. Um, the wrecking crew, which was the group that normally does a lot of the organized play at conventions for the Onyx path is uh, they still exist uh, is kind of doing their own wrecking con entirely through start playing dot games. I'm running two uh, games of mage through that. That's going to be uh, next weekend. And, and that is certainly one way to do it. The, the idea of having a looking for group or a pickup game setup is something that I wish existed, but there is no single place that has the critical mass to make it useful. Like no one wants to see a page full of all these interesting games that have one person interested in it or like one person is going to run once. So our idea with doing it in the convention format is it kind of directs everyone to one place at one time. And hopefully by getting that many people together, you can play that matchmaker of bringing the supply from a storyteller to the demand of a player. Um, The other impediment is my complete and utter lack of programming uh, ability. Uh, One of the things that we wanted to do, for instance, was... um, as someone who storytells a lot, I hate when I am running three games at a convention or something like that. And I only want to sign up for two games and there's only two games. I'm really interested in trying there. And all the slots are gone by the time I I go to register for it. And I'm like, man, I produced 15 gamer slots by running games and I couldn't get what I wanted. I didn't get my chance to try blades in the dark or uh, kids on bikes or something like that. So our first thought was we want to have an event where, um, storytellers would get to register first. I just don't know technically how to do that. So uh, hopefully in the future, that's something we can add. I apologize. I am an actuary. If I can't do it in Excel or Notepad, I, I, I just lost. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I certainly hope the gaming um, world gets to that point where you can kind of have continuous pickup games. Um, uh, other other companies are very good at arranging those. Um, I think Modifius is going to be running its own online convention. Magpie is amazing. When they hold a games weekend, they will run 70 sessions. This is a nine person company. <laughs> uh, and oh, they, yeah. yeah. And they will, they will produce literally a thousand hours of like gamer hours. 
And I, I hope Onyx Path and a few other companies get to the point where they're able to do that. I know OPP is doing OPPCon, I think, in June. And I'm curious to see what that's going to look like. Yeah, it, it's like almost we almost need an Uber for mm-hmm. uh, online role-playing games. Yeah. <laughs> right it's now like, we I have need a... a- I need a mage game right now and like Josh on his phone be like, oh, somebody needs a mage game and they're, oh, they, they'll pay me 50 bucks to run it right now? Boom, I'll take it. Yeah, I need a hit, man. <laughs> just need that one game. Just one game. I need some Quint. <laughs> um, and right now we have that for supply. We don't have that in a lot of cases for demand. Like we don't have a good place of aggregating what people are interested in playing. And part of it goes both ways because I don't know about you, but when I sign up for a convention, if a game's got like a really kooky name, I'll Google it. And like, I wasn't interested in it until I knew it existed. And now I'm like, oh man, this is my favorite game ever. Scum and Villainy, a weird port of blades to, to a different thing. Yes, I want to play it. One of the character's attributes is Flea. I think it's actually Scramble um, or something like that. Yes, I want to play that game. But I I, I certainly hope we, we figure out a way to crack that knot, especially for all the things out there that aren't Dungeons and Dragons. So did you, in the process of creating uh, this whole thing and running running a convention online, have you found, and doing this kind of like survey stuff, have you found any kind of interesting kind of tidbits on what people are, are interested in, in running or interested in playing or how that kind of matches up or doesn't match up with each other? When I was looking through the, what people wanted to play, um, the more popular games do have more people who know and are interested in running them. We, we very particularly chose not to list Pathfinder or Dungeons and Dragons in the games that we were going to ask if people were interested in. We basically took the OPP games just because um, we're already in, in that community and it's very easy for us to find storytellers. Um, we have someone who's going to run Mummy the Resurrection and I'm super jazzed for that game to happen. I think that will bring the total number of times that MTR was played at a convention to one. I I, um, I I ran a Mummy the Resurrection game at... To at... two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, yep. <laughs> it's uh, pretty rare. Yeah. And I that's another one I should have actually signed up to try and do too. But <laughs> but we are finding that there there is latent demand. So the less popular games are have medium interest, if that makes sense. So the popular games have a high level of interest. The less popular games still have a medium level of interest to them. It's not like the best sellers tie neatly with what most people want to play, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have good reach in the mage community. I I do a mage, the Ascension podcast. So mage is up there, but so is vampire and werewolf, which you kind of expect, but like changeling mummy um, and beast, the primordial aren't that far behind. Like, yeah. Uh, and, and people are well, interested in, I find I, I, I do, I did, cause I ran a changeling game at Gen Con mm-hmm. as well. Um, and, uh, um, origins, I believe I ran, um, a changeling game as well. Maybe it was just Gen Con, but anyways, it was a lot of really interested people in change, oh, changeling yeah. 20th anniversary. Like I, I set, set up for like 10 and I think I got 10 people to sign up for that. Um, and like all 10 of them showed up and didn't have to like fill in any slots or anything. So, but, but yeah, it's, it's interesting that uh, mummy, the resurrection had a really high interest and Wraith had an interest as well. Didn't it? Yeah. Wraith, Wraith is pretty popular in terms of what people want to try. And it's one of those things where a lot of us are old hands at these things. And um, 
the more time goes by, the more I am fine giving Kindred of the East a try. Uh, <laughs> like, or, or something like that. Or Werewolf Wild West or Vampire by, by Gaslight or something like that. Like, sure, I know what, I know what the old world of darkness is. It's going to be attribute plus ability. How, how out there could this possibly be? Um, <laughs> a kid and, in the East is really crazy. I ran that one time with just friends, not at a convention, mm-hmm. but, uh, I would say that a lot of these games, um, I, I would love to go to a convention for one shots for like, mm-hmm. these, these are the things that I don't think I would want to be like, yeah, I'm going to dedicate like a year of my life to a campaign to these odd, uh, little, uh, offshoots. Uh, but I would definitely sit down and check out like a kindred. What do what do you envision kindred of the east to be like? Because every GM is different too, which is the other beautiful kind of thing about tabletop RPGs and and going to conventions and seeing all these different GMs and getting to see all the different kind of point of views. Because especially with the world of darkness, I feel like there is extremely di- different point of views as to every single GM that you go with, not just with the rules but with the world itself is going to be completely different. Oh yeah. And it may take multiple tries to find the version of the game that resonates with a given player. So a lot of people may be playing a game of vampire for the second time and they have a different experience because they have a different storyteller. Uh, But to me, the people who give a one shot, a try are, are ultimately the ambassadors for a game. Um, OPP doesn't do a lot in terms of marketing. I've never seen a Vampire the Masquerade billboard. I've never seen a Mage the Ascension banner ad or anything like that. So uh, to me, we need to create um, people to go out and proselytize for the games they love. And in my research, the easiest way to do that is to offer to run the game for people. To show, like, Mage, it's right behind me. 698-page rulebook, um, if you include all the all the stuff in the back or something like that. Um I've run 15 con games and I don't think anyone who ever played didn't walk away with some idea of how mage worked. And that only took four hours and they got to play the darn game. Um, you just need to have some pre-gens. You need to be willing to do some lifting ahead of time. You need to be willing to, to work with the players. Um, so, so part of the goal of try it con is to do that, uh, evangelizing. There is some game that, that frozen loves or that, uh, that moto loves give them the opportunity to share that in a very low risk environment, especially if a person has never run a con game before. Um, so it's one of those things where I don't want to quite set the expectation low. Um, no one's going to be running some, some critical role stuff here. Um, but if everyone walks in knowing uh, Dave is running this game for the first time and we're all playing it for the first time, um, but Dave is super familiar with the rules already. I, I think you can have you can have some fun out the other end, uh, assuming that everyone's a little bit willing to uh, to give it a go, and, and hopefully we have the opportunity to provide that. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to trying out a, a bunch of different new games and stuff like that. Like I'm I'm really interested to see what the what the whole thing comes out to be like with the what, what's going to be offered, what's going to mm-hmm. be there, and. Um, yeah, so and this is this so is this the first virtual con that you've done, but have you ran any other conventions? Um I have run I, I have run large scouting events. I have d- helped run uh large uh collectible card game tournaments. So this is my first all online gaming convention that I have run. I've participated in other, I've story told and so on, and I've helped to do uh professional events entirely virtually through one of the professional societies that I'm a member of. Um, but a lot of the stuff can only be so hard, um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> at, at one of the, the spectrum, this could just be a big version of, 
Um, I don't know if you ever have like gaming weekends where you're like, hey, we're going to have six people over and we're going to give three games a try over two days and we're going to get pizza and we're going to have a we're going to roast marshmallows or whatever. So that's mm-hmm. like one end of the spectrum. And then on the other end, you've got like Gen Con online or <laughs> like 60,000 games of Dungeons and Dragons are are done at any given instant. You're like, how? How are there still people that haven't played this game yet? This is amazing. Um, so I'm not sure where on that spectrum I will be. Uh, this is going to be. My goal is to offer 100, at least 100 player sessions. Nice. Um, and if so, 25 games or so. And if that happens, I'm going to consider it a success. Um, it's a weird thing. It's a new format, um, and it lets us do some kooky stuff and we'll see what sticks and we'll see what doesn't. Um, but I, it is, it is me right now. The core team is me and three other uh, people that I'll do old world of darkness or um, Onyx path podcasts of some sort. We all have some experience in project management in our professional lives or in event management through either uh, other conventions or what we do for work. So uh, as I said before, my terrible motto is it can only be so bad. Um <laughs> So, and as long as you're tra- transparent with people, I think I think it will largely be fine. So you're not working with any other major groups or anything um, on this this time. Are you doing any kind of like sponsorships or anything? Is there any way to get uh... so the way, so the way sponsorships work for us is um, we have reached out to our friends in various media groups, and uh, it is likely that they will be offering events, which I'm excited for. Um, so maybe one of the people from darker days is going to be, um, he, here's how to write your first storyteller vault supplement. And we're going to work through an outline of it together. Uh, that that's a hypothetical session. I'm not saying that's actually going to be offered, but if someone wanted sponsorship, the way you can get that is, uh, one of two ways. If you promote the event, if you have me on your podcast, Hey, how about that? Um, we will, we will include golden age stories as one of the sponsors, as one of our, as one of our media sponsors. So that goes on our sponsorship page. So, so thank you for having us. Awesome. The other way is if you have a game club or you have your own convention, at least two sessions, um, of games that also makes you a sponsor where I really want this to go is it would be great if we had 5,000 surveys that were completed. We don't have 5,000 surveys that were completed. Um, we have a little bit shy of 100, which I'm super pleased by. Um, I, <laughs> asking people to fill out a random Google form and getting nearly 100 people to reply, that gets that gets a thumbs up from me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, where I would really love to see it go is, say, uh, 35 people requested Aegon to be played. I would go out to Evil Hat and say, hey, we got a bunch of people that want to try Aegon do you know anyone who runs Aegon? And ideally they would be able to say, Hey, we have the storyteller. And I'd be like, Hey, this is what we're going to give them for being a storyteller. They're going to get two dollars per, uh, per player session or something like that. And everyone who participated in one of those sessions gets a 25% off coupon through drive through RPG to buy that game. Um, I, I really don't think the moment when you have had a good gaming experience with a new game for the first time and go, Oh, that is interesting is the time that you want to ask someone to buy the thing. Like, pardon my crass commercialism, mm-hmm. but like, I, I don't know about you, but I've been to conventions and I tried a game and I'm like, oh man, I want to go to the dealer room to buy it. Mm-hmm. But I have five other things I have to do first and it's over at the yep. other part of the venue. Right and, then I, there. Yeah, yep. and I get there and it's sold out already or something like that. And I have to do it online, but it's only offered in Sweden. So there's $17 shipping. And something like that. Like I, I, I really view that as a win-win because at the end of the day, to me, people who uh, play a game and then buy a book are very likely to run a game, which hopefully creates enjoyments for them and their friends. And I'm only going to view that as a victory for humanity. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So, yeah, so no, that's I, where I'd like it to get to. 
And and my my other question that I have though, uh, we're coming up kind of uh, towards the yep. end here. But one question I do have is: Are you going to run any games? Because I so am going to try and get into any game that you are <laughs> gming. Like I, I I any game. <laughs> so there, there's a couple of games that I've brought up before. Um, Blades in the Dark is the one game where if somebody were to be like bored on a school bus. I could run for them. And I would be like, oh, you want to play Blades in the Dark? I'm going to need 35 seconds and then we can run this game. It's literally the only game where I can take like, I literally use a random number generator in an Excel sheet to come up with a plot for that game. And it has never not worked yet. And it's just obscene how well that game is done. So uh, part of it is going to be determined by how many, how many things we got going on. If it turns out that we offer 25 sessions, which means at any given time, we only have two or three going. Um, then my core team of four, two of us can run games at, or run panels at any given time. Uh, so if it turns out to be huge, then maybe I don't get to run something, but likely someone else will be running the game you're probably interested in. Um, so the the ones that I am probably most interested in running, I should actually look at the list. That would, that would aid me in this. Um, the game I want to run because I've never run it before is Aegon, which is a, uh, a game by John Harper about... Um, are you familiar <laughs> about to issue the coolest statement of all time? Are you familiar with the Anabasis by Xenophon um, or, or alternatively the Odyssey? Uh, yes. So you got, you got, you got a bunch of people that are trying to get home and this is an RPG about getting home. Um, and you're, you're somewhere in like the Aegean sea and you keep coming upon islands and you are heroes of great renown that need to address a problem on an island. Um, and the whole game tries to create this feeling as if you are reciting an epic poem where it would be um, uh, Josh most cunning chosen of, uh, of Hermes who stole the apple of Hesperides from wicked Hades. And that would be your character sheet, more or less. Just your name, that title, and a few other little things. Mm -hmm. And then there's a way that you build a dice pool, and then you roll the dice, and then you tell me the story of how you were able to steal the daughter of the king away from uh, her, her cruel suitor or something like that. Um, so it is a game where you, instead of role-playing and then rolling the dice, it seems like you roll the dice and then role-play what the dice tell you happened, mm. um, which I think is a neat way of doing it. Again, this is all secondhand. I literally haven't read the book yet, <laughs> but it's a real small one. And a lot of people are like, oh no, you can run this real quick. Um, I would likely also run Mage of the Ascension. Uh, Blades in the Dark, and I'm thinking of picking a New World of Darkness game. I'm not sure which to run, just to make me more familiar with New World of Darkness. Um, I have come to terms with the fact that I generally don't like being a player. Not having tyrannical control over the gaming world is frightening to me. I hear um, you, man. I know. I know <laughs> the exact same feeling. When people are like, oh, you're always the storyteller, never the player. It sucks. Am I right? I'm like, no. <laughs> Why would you want to deal with another person, let alone me? I don't know. Play, um, play a game with Josh. He uh, he lets me kind of run roughshod over his worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do have pretty collaborative games where I really want the players to pitch ideas to me as we go. Like if, if I, I am perfectly comfortable with a game where I say, hey, the person that you find um, uh, locked in this a uh, mob back room that has been kidnapped is a person of importance to you. Who is it? Um, that Those are the kind of things I really like handing to players. Uh, I think the thing that I want to do more of is some kooky sessions. Like I really want to do a session where we outline uh, called pimp my paradigm. 
uh, where someone is like, hey, I have a mage. How do I make them cooler? <laughs> and like, I don't know how that's going to work, but I got ideas. My um, paradigm. And, and, I love it. That's, yeah. That's beautiful. Because like, I don't know about you, but I go on forums and such and they're like, hey, I have this cool idea for for a character and here are their three rotes. I'm like, you're you're going to need more than three. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, well, this is all I could think up of. And like, maybe that becomes a session. Um, so that's one of the ones I want to do. Story seating. I'm a huge fan of the game Fiasco and maybe I run Fiasco. Um, there's a whole bunch of people who've requested Thirsty Sword Lesbians, which it's kind of funny. Like when that Kickstarter went live, a lot of people were like, Thirsty Sword Lesbians, that's great. I was the one who looked at it and goes, no, that's by Fred Hicks. I trust Fred Hicks. <laughs> so there, there are certain designers. I just kind of love whatever they do. Um, and uh, and yeah, so those those would kind of, kind of be the core games. I probably should have had a better answer to that question. I'm just working with the assumption <laughs> that I'm going to have to like put out fires the entire weekend because that's my experience. That's, that was one of my, my, my <laughs> thing was like, is, is he going to even have time to run games? Like that would be, that's, that's yeah, a it, lot. So. I guess my answer is hopefully not, but in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, just to get some insight into uh, what you're expecting, what what kind of fires do you expect to be putting out? Um. So anytime you have a lot of people in the same place, uh, there could be problems like, hey, someone bailed at the last minute, and now we only have two people for this game, and my plot needs three. And then one of the people running it is going to be able to put out a message to our Discord that says, hey, we have a free spot that is opened at this game right now. And first two people in get to get to participate. Um, we'll get you up to speed or something like that. So not quite a fire, but things that, that need to be done. Uh, somebody having technical issues. We're going to have a lot of people that are using Discord for the first time. And we need, may need to have one or two people coach people through, hey, uh, you have a microphone, but we're, you're connected using your laptop microphone. Let's see if we can get that changed. I don't get it. Where's the button? Um, and, and so on and so forth. Um, there are always concerns with people doing inappropriate things in games um, yeah. and, and needing to respond to that, especially if somebody is going to run a game multiple times. So <laughs> if the first session contains uh, offensive and problematic content, um, then we want to be able to intercede. And if we intercede and we have to cancel that GM's next two games, uh, do we have the wherewithal to pivot to either find another story tower that would be able to run that at, at short notice? Probably not. Or at least send out an apology um, and and re reimburse people for if that game had cost a session. Um, so my, my answer to what could go wrong is, I don't know. But if I presume nothing will, something will. So uh, <laughs> prepare for the worst, hope for the best. The fact that you've thought about it and and you're ready for it, I think, speaks pretty well to how how it's going to go. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And and once again, it's remarkably low stakes. <laughs> yeah. It's entire. It's entirely online. The the word, <laughs> if someone's really not enjoying themselves, you, you have access to the disconnect button. I don't think it's going to reach there, but uh, that that ease of joining and departing is is kind of what makes it a, a very low risk event and i hope that lets us do some uh, interesting things and let people try a bunch of games yeah yeah the uh the thing you said earlier about uh somebody's like oh i need three people to run this game but uh somebody didn't make it I'm, the first thing that came into my mind is oh you should have like themed audio or video lounges on discord for people to just hang out all the time in over the weekend uh, so you can just jump in there, but then I'm thinking, oh my god, that's that's where 
real problems happen. Unmoderated yes. content. <laughs> <on the Discord laughs> yeah. So uh, we will have a pickup room and this offers two things. One, we are likely going to charge probably $4 a session plus maybe whatever the processing fee is for tabletop.events. Um, so probably under $5 may vary depending on local currency, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but we will also have a pickup room. Uh, where a storyteller has the option of saying, hey, I still have two more spots and I would be glad to let someone try. Uh, first two people to join uh, this game can participate for free. Um, and that fills hopefully two problems. One, it rounds out an adventuring group if it's a game that really needs a certain number of people. And two, if you are if you have no means, um, or uh, either due to cost means or the fact that you're a kid and you don't have a credit card to use on the internet um, or you're just skeptical of the whole thing um, there will be a pickup room which will hopefully provide some opportunity for people to play um, and as the event gets closer I, I, I get to have the conversation with the storyteller that says hey only two people signed up do you still want to offer it and see if there are any pickup people or do you want to cancel it and maybe try something else um, so it, it's one of the things where it doesn't need to be set in stone and we'll see what kind of turnover that has. And hopefully we'll come up with a bunch of good systems and also be able to send out best practices because like a lot of people are running online conventions and I don't think anyone's quite nailed it yet. Um, like Gen Con has that the power of centralization and they had, they gave you the ability to pick things in advance where you could submit, Hey, I really want to play this. Uh, but that was a bit of a gold rush. Um, other thing, other people have done just, this is our schedule and it's never going to change. Or other people have done it like the schedule goes up Tuesday and the events on Saturday. Um, and that's, I would like a little bit more time. That's me as an adult. Like mm -hmm. any, anything that's on the calendar fewer than four weeks from now is basically happening tomorrow. And I freak out. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I know how that feels. So uh, we'll see. Again, we'll see how it goes. Uh, everyone seems to be excited and is working in good faith. And uh, I think I think we can get a lot of good gaming out of this. Absolutely. Uh, so thank you so much for being on the show here, Terry. Um, is there any shout outs that you want to give out before uh, before we head on out here? Yeah. Um, in, in the convention space, uh, let's hear it for Gehenna Gaming uh, and the fact that they did a, a pretty great uh, virtual horror con. Absolutely. Um, yeah, their their convention knocked it out of the park in terms of having like heavy hitters there and being like, if you want to see some of the best live plays on the face of the planet, we're gonna have we're gonna talk to those uh, that. Um, I'm I'm super excited for OPPCon to happen again. Last year, I think I got to try five new games. Um, I, I over the course of COVID, I think I tried 17 new tabletop games. Um, so that that's been pretty well my silver lining that and I, um, I I cut like 10 minutes off of my 5k time technically more wow. if you start with the presumption that my initial 5k time was infinity um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but th those have been uh, two of the silver linings if you're interested in hearing more specifically about uh, what I do in other games I do Mage the Podcast at magethepodcast.com and Systematic Understanding of Everything which is an Exalted Explainer which is at exaltcast.com I think it says something that I literally do an exalted podcast. I've read through the third edition core rulebook twice now, and I still don't think I could run that game. It's just still too intimidating for me. So, so I tip my hat to, uh, to, to people who are willing to get onto that 10 foot tall horse that is on fire. <laughs> I had a buddy that, that tried it out. Um, and I think I, I think I ran like an episode or two 
of of exalted way back in the day when it first came out and the one thing that i remember very distinctly about exalted was the backpack healer it was somebody was like i'm gonna get into the big guy's backpack and i have all the powers of healing and so i'm just going to heal him whenever things are good like my my actions are all about being in his backpack safely protected while i just heal him every time that something goes wrong <laughs> Uh, it's 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 a fascinating game, <laughs> and I, I'm trying to work up the courage to run it. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I look forward to seeing what other online conventions we get. And uh, another shout out to One D Four Con that is happening the exact same weekend. Uh, and I talked to the person running it, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm running an event the same weekend as you because it was the only time we're all free." And the person's response was, "That's cool." So thank you very much. If you're looking for uh, for if there's a game you don't see on our schedule. Uh, Go check them out. One D Four Con. They're they're all online. Used to be a convention that was in. I keep saying used to be. Uh, was planned to be in West Virginia. Not happening in Meat Space this year. So that's going online. So uh, mm -hmm. hooray for online conventions. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you can go to both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yes, you could. Yeah, that's the that is the craziest <laughs> part of you. You could be at two so, conventions at the same time in 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 twenty twenty one. Um, well, awesome. Um, thank you so much. And definitely, uh, like Terry said, check out Mage the Podcast. It, what was the uh, Exalted podcast, was it? or uh, The name of the podcast, because everything Exalted is hard, is uh, Systematic Understanding of Everything, which is at exaltcast.com. We Exalt just explain the rules of Exalted. Um, it's it's going to be a 33-episode run in total. Our original plan was for 8, which turned into 16, which turned into 24, which then turned into 33. Uh, so we're about two thirds of the way down there. Uh, that's exaltcast.com. That's just an explainer. And the event I'm talking about, TriatCon, is triatcon.com, the weekend of May 14th and 15th. Awesome. And uh, definitely check out some other podcasts that are out there, like uh, Twin Cities by Night, does some great actual plays. Um, Midnight Express Podcast, which I, I think their website is down right now, and I haven't, uh, he's, he's been out for a while. I'll have to double check and see. But. Uh, Hopefully we'll get, um, he's got some great episodes out there on, on a bunch of uh, podcast websites, though. Um, check out all the cool stuff for, for that. Uh, Utility Muffin Labs has some really great stuff as well. Um, the World of Dark Ages podcast, uh, World of Dark Ages podcast is another really great place to get all of your World of Darkness needs and, and information. Um, and if you enjoyed the show, feel free to give us a like, a follow, you know, all those other weird things, thumbs up, thumbs down, whatever. And uh, check us out on Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and if you liked all of this stuff, you can check out, um, we'll have links for all of this in our show notes, as well as on our brand new website, theageofstories.com. And uh, don't forget to tune in to our Mage the Ascension game, Technogate, on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time on our new website, theageofstories.com. All right, well, thank you all for watching, and you all have a really good night. Bye, everybody. Toodles. <laughs>